Welcome to the Weekend Wild Podcast. I'm Pat. And I'm Jim. And we're two working class dudes who only got two days to get her done. We talk about a lot of fishing, especially muskie, northern, walleye, and in the fall, we love bow hunting. So we've got all your bow tips and tricks. So we also talk about conservation, news articles, cooking, a little bit of lifestyle, and a little bit of opinion. We only have two days to get it done, so come on, tune in, and get Weekend Wild. Uh, it's always nice to have spares. Pat, you want one? No, I'm good. Come on. Tis Man, the season. It's hunting believe. season, Pat. Come on, Pat. Everybody fishy fill is here, and Pat Dude, is not having no a beer way with I'm him. drinking that. There's no way I'm No way. There's no way. I had oh. nine beers last night in a nine matter of like beers? four hours. I've had nine since I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, so I guess we kick this off, okay? No so way. We do have fishy fill here, and this is officially... The uh, cooking episode I've been promising since like I've been teasing it for like six weeks, <laughs> four score and seven so, months uh, ago. I did not have Brad show up today. I texted him. I said we kind of whipped this together last minute. I said uh, we don't have a lot of time to do it, I, and he lives two hours away. So I yeah. said you're more than welcome to come down. He says I got I got bowling tonight anyway. Yeah, right. So the one thing I do want to say on this, the one that we might do if you're interested, you'd have to be a part of this, is a uh, holiday cooking episode. So like okay. somewhere Thanksgiving, between Thanksgiving and yeah. Christmas or something like that. Yeah, because he says he's got a bunch of stuff he like excited about. Okay. You know? And so I said, I'm sure Phil and Bill both have something like that too. Me, I want to do a prime rib this year for I, Christmas. I think I did one, but I was a little disappointed with it. So. I did. Yeah, I did the one, and it, yeah, it turned out like prime rib. But I want to like maybe smoke it this time. I did it in the oven, like the traditional way. But yeah, what cut of meat is prime rib? It's like, like a. It's like the rib roast. Yeah, it's like ribeye. Let's see. So it's like rib. the whole ribeye. Like, hmm. Uh, let's see. Rib roast. Uh, I don't know. And it's prime. <laughs> and it's prime. You know, it's like Let the best look. of the best. I mean, prime rib's got to be on the rib, right? Yeah, it's like the whole rib roast. So when you actually go in there, you say, "I want a standing." You don't say, "Hey, I want a prime rib, please." You know, it's like you you get a standing rib roast. And then they actually cut the bones back, and then they tie them back up. Mm. I got this uh, schematic of a cow here behind cow me. Cow schematic. And, schematic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, as you guys can tell, we have Fishy Phil. And uh, Pat actually was here right on time. Not a Perfect. Not a second too soon. I right? will be there right at actually, 3, whoa, three whoa. o'clock. <laughs> I was a minute early. Hey, Pat is so very punctual. let's get a quick round of applause. All right. So. Golf clap, golf clap. Um, we've got a couple of things to go over. I don't know if you want to do weeks still or not. The one thing I did want to say is I lost an anchor randomly. I was going to ask you about that. I was going to tell you, hey, Jim, where, where's your boat's anchor? I noticed it the other day in the garage. So I took my buddy and his nine-year-old out fishing, and he re- the kid really liked being anchored for some reason. I don't know if he just liked hitting the button because I taught him how to drop anchor. So I think he just wanted to anchor everywhere. And so he's kind of playing with everything in the boat, which whatever. I don't, that doesn't bother me. But we're, we're on a, it's getting windy on this one point. And all of a sudden, I see we're like really far away from shore. I'm like, did you play with that anchor? He says, no. And I look, and the rope's like way out. And I, so I start winching it up, and the anchor was gone. I don't know what I did wrong. Oh, Did you the get anchor, the, did you get the, the clevis back? Nope. Just the loop and the rope. And that's see, that's it. what threw me off is like the, the clevis was on there, so you must have put a new one on. No, the clevis is not there. So I, I think the problem with that, the clevis that they give you, is there's no way to tighten it. So every other clevis, when you tighten them, they actually do tighten up. 
that one, you could just keep tightening. It'll just keep squeezing the clevis in. So yeah. it doesn't really ever have a tight spot. You know, yeah, that was gone, but we did catch a big old striper. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of that, but that was a big old striper. So we did get a good one out of that. Did you keep it? No. So no. okay. So funny story with that is Mike, my buddy that I brought fishing, is not an outdoorsman of any stretch, and he doesn't claim to be. You know, and so real quick, I didn't know, I did not expect to catch a striper. You know, I was out there for pan fishing with this kid. I was throwing a maps, white maps, believe it or not. <laughs> Bill's like, I believe it. Yep. Um. And all of a sudden, bam, it hit. And I knew it wasn't a walleye. I knew it wasn't a bass. This thing was running like hell. Like, what is this? And it was a striper, a big old striper. And so real quick, I had this thing in the net. And I told Mike, I said, hey, look up the restrictions. I don't know if there's like a slot limit or whatever. He says, you can't keep any, you can't keep three over, or you can't keep them over 17 inches. And I'm like, that's weird. Okay, so I threw it back. And I get home, and I'm sitting around the couch, and I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you can't keep any over 17 inches? That sounds weird. Uh, unless there was a slot limit. It says you can't. He told me you can't keep any over seventeen inches. I'm like, okay, so maybe they're just the big breeders they don't want or something. I don't know. And then, uh, so I was like, I gotta look this up. No, you got. You can keep three over seventeen inches. <laughs> so I texted him right away. So we could have kept that fish. He goes, ah, I didn't know. Did you, you see know. the picture, Phil? No, I didn't see I'll it. Pull it up real quick. And then Bill has a correction that he was literally screaming at his phone for because you and me screwed up, Pat. So I don't know if you heard about this, but you and me were uh, in trouble in Bill's mind. All for what? Ma- all male deer are stags. <laughs> remember i was like what, what other than a buck what do you call them you know what yeah. do you call them and bill's like a i stag. thought that was another nickname no well, you guys were all, calling them bulls right or no? i just you said can, what do you yeah. call them because like a buck is a nickname off of a off a currency oh, i thought stag was another nickname i didn't think that was an official thing no that's actually i an thought official that was a thing. less popular buck so you know what i mean uh for your bachelor party when we go to um uh australia they call it a stag party so like a stag party is just a group of dudes that go out drinking. So a stag party is like a stag is 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 a male deer of any type of deer. Hopefully they're not showing any horns. That'd be bad. Hmm. That's an interesting comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's called stag party. Like it's a bunch of dudes going out drinking. No. Or like that. if you go to a, a dance by yourself, you're going stag. You're, I, you're I just, always now that you mention that I did hear or you're a dude by yourself. If you're Josh Dirth oh. in high school, you're a stag. Oh yeah, you go to stag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout and out Judge, double and, and, and Mike, and a lot of people that listen. To I haven't this. heard from Josh. I don't know if he still listens or not. I, usually he had a comment or two. You know, I always I have critics, and I, I love my critics because I do get a kick out of them. It gives you perspective. Yeah. You know, and I haven't heard any critics. Um, Phil likes to critic, but I usually have to pull it out. I of do. Him. Yeah, no, uh, I don't. Yeah, I've asked you things about the podcast. and you I'm give a loyal me, fan. You give me an honest feedback, but I have to, like, ask you. Uh, so, you know, Brad, he'll hear something, stop what he's doing, pause the podcast, and call yeah. me and say, you're an idiot, and then hang up the phone. Wait. And then he's <laughs> Actually, you know what? Now that you mention it, this is my first episode since Meat Pie. <laughs> that is true. You know, I think meat we should. I think that's something that we should bring up. I think we should bring up uh, uh, some meat pie, like, plans i we, plan on making a meat pie one do, of these days actually i think we have to at this point we have what would to. you use for the crust meat i don't know pie crust yeah pie crust you oh i was, like I was a, like i was wondering if it, the pie was going to be 100 percent meat or you know what i mean i i mean i had like uh they just call them pies over in like new zealand and stuff but i think they're awesome you fill them with like gravy and um, cheese and onions and whatever you want it's a meat pie it's a meat pie a pasty. I had to text you about that. So yeah, you did. 
You got anything you want to say for the week? You want to? Do you so, want to you save your first deer hunting thing for the next episode? That's up we're, to you. What do you want me to do? Because we well, the rut is officially on. It is like, not on. Stop saying that. Because <laughs> 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 uh, uh, well, I think in the next episode we could talk about our first couple of hunts we had so far. Yeah. So yeah, unless you want, to, and then, but you, uh, you've been deer. If you want to talk about it now, I don't care either way. No. So. I've uh, just to keep score. I've been hunt, deer hunting three times already. Yeah. So. Seen anything? I saw quite a few. Yeah. Nothing yep. worth shooting. I didn't see any in my trunk or the bed of my truck. So <laughs> yeah, we uh, somebody did get one, and we'll talk about it next episode. Yeah, and uh, do you want me to invite him? Yeah, that's yeah. where that works. Um, fish I fry, did, I did. Fry. So yes, so go ahead, take it away on that. This is all Bushlight Billy here. So we did the uh, caveman fish fry, I guess today, and uh, this is my first time really. I, I'm not a deep frying kind of guy. I'm more of like a grilling and air frying kind of guy. So smoking, uh, smoking. Yeah. So we uh, a de thawed or de thawed thawed out thawed out. Thawed I think de thawed would mean freezing. Yeah. You're thinking deep frost and thaw at the yeah. same time. So we, uh, we thawed out some uh, white bass actually last night from the white bass run. Um, brought it over to Jim's house. He texted me, "Hey, I'm done with the pumpkin patch." You know. You know, you want to come over, I'm starting up the bonfire. I okay. got dragged out of the woods for that pumpkin patch today. Yeah. Uh, so I brought over my Dutch oven, deep frying, fish fry stuff. Brought the fish fry, bought uh, brought the oil, some eggs and stuff. And You brought everything we needed except the fire. I had to do that. Yeah, he had to make the fire. Well, uh, how do you transport that? And a, cup, and a couple <laughs> of napkins. What about that little uh, stand that you put over the fire? Was oh, yeah, so that was a... Because uh, <laughs> that was perfect. Go ahead. Kel, okay, so... It was I was like a little around. table, right? So, this sounds like it's going to be a flower pot. Probably, uh, probably last summer. Uh, maybe it was last summer when we made caveman pizza. We had caveman pizza. Anything we cook over the fire pits, caveman. It's caveman insert yep. your dish. And yeah, the caveman pioneered canola oil. So me and Bill were trying to, <laughs> me and Bill were trying to figure out what are we going to like cook on for this heat of pizza stone. But like, what are we going to put the pizza stone on? So I walked around the yard and I was really scratching my brain, like, what do I got back here? And I found that little table. So we stuck it in the fire, put the put the pizza stone on her, made pizza, and Cal comes out and says, Well, thanks for using my flower holder. You know? <laughs> Oops. But, but like you just said, it was, it was perfect. It's perfect. This Tell her, well, like, it's, it's tempered now. Yeah, it's like painted, treated metal. You're watching like blue smoke go up. And we're eating all that stuff. You were anyway, safe with the fish fry because we already cooked it off really good on the pizza. Yeah. So all the blue smoke came from the bush light cans and uh, yeah. eggshells. Yeah, plastic. Um, but no, I, I we we tried it. This is my first time really doing it. We got a bowl of it here in front of us. I've been snacking on it pretty much for the past two hours. It's really good. You did a fantastic job on the breading. It's the, the breading is really simple. I just washed it in eggs. It's just shore lunch. Yeah, it's you just know? shore lunch. Uh, fish fry, but it's like softer and like. Oh, it's, it's, good. it's still a good crispy and kind of soft at the same time. It's yeah. not like you're like, <laughs> but you it was know? funny because like when I was actually starting to go through some of these bags, I'm like, you could tell this was day one of filleting <laughs> these things because like some of them still have like uh, bones on them. They still like I'm like I gotta go through these, you know? No, that might be like day three when everybody's just no, no, over no, it. day one because we're like, man, I'm telling you, these fish are terrible to fillet. They're tanks, Pat. They're literal tanks. You'd like, be like flaying this bush like can and. uh <laughs> So we're doing it, but then finally the next day we figured out a few tricks. Okay, we're going to do this, and then we're going to do that. We were like surgeons on the second day. Yeah, so this was definitely day one fish. Um, it, so there were like little pieces of like, I'm not going to use this. This is a, this is a waste. But anyway, yeah, good, we, yeah, we fried it up, and actually Jim 
actually ate fish, believe yeah. it or not. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, last time I think I ate fish was a fish stick. Oh, do, tell me what you think. Do you like it? Oh, do yeah. You do it again? Yeah, or, I, I want to do this. Like, this just like, you know how I've been kind of like doing like the musky thing for fun, but like I really want to learn like walleye really good. I want to be an expert walleye fisherman. Like, this just made it easier to do that. It's like, yeah. oh, okay, if we can go out and every day do this for dinner, that would be fantastic. You well, know? I got those three walleyes <clears throat> um, earlier this year. Big, you know? Yeah. And I sauteed the one and it was amazing. Oh, yeah. I forgot so, that you ate fish. Me? Yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I just assume you're like Jim, like, no, it's peanut butter and jelly. And the one time I'm cutting up a smallmouth on shore, and Jim's like, that's the rat of the sea. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't think I said that. that doesn't <laughs> no, sound you like did that. say that. Sounds like something <laughs> Jim would say. Yeah. <laughs> smallmouth, that's the rat of the sea. And I'm like, I, I thought they were delicious. I've never know. known that to be the rat of the sea. So I think you probably heard that from somebody else. No, who but was, you said like, oh, you're like who eats smallmouth? Or, you know, or like, fish. Like, it's like, like who eats musky? No, but, I've heard that like largemouth bass are actually pretty good eating. But a lot of people, it's become a cliche to not eat it because, all you know, the bass masters. And like, no, no, that's a sport fish. You know? See, that's stupid sport. Musky, I totally get. You can wipe out a musky population in a year if you eat any of them. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's, but largemouth, you can eat those, and you find one in your cup holder in your car, and a way to work. You know, like yeah, they're they're I, just they're going to be everywhere. I'll go catch twenty of them. So the one thing I wanted you to talk about is you two went salmon fishing. We did. Any Indeed. any anything there? Nothing. Guy saw, next to us caught one. Yeah, they were jumping. They were jumping like. You crazy. think that was a king he got? Uh yeah, he's got a picture one. of it. it was, yeah, I've got a picture. You think that of it. you think I know, but I was looking at. You don't think there's a steelhead? I think I was looking king. at. I was looking at some pictures, and that wasn't. I don't know. It it could be definitely a small king, but I'm wondering. That looks like the steelhead we got last year. I was just wondering what you thought. No, I think that's a, a king. No, he had too much color to be a steelhead. I'm just the, surprised. The reflection of the light from the flash of the camera is probably what you're seeing. I'm just I'm just surprised that small of a salmon would come back in the harbors already. True. I'm just uh that's why I was like I was wondering if it was something else if it was a coho like or steelhead. The mouth on that thing just looks like a king. One hundred percent. Definitely, yeah, but it's just it's so small for coming it back. It is small. I, you know, I for can't spawning. believe it was that small. What's the limits on those things? Take like, them. It's, yeah, yeah. Them, take five. Five is anyway. the max. Five per day. Yeah, per person. Yeah, per but day. like no no size limit or anything. No, no, no they're no. gonna if they're in there, they're gonna die because they're spawning. Yeah, okay. you're you're catching already dead fish. You know, what do you think? You think it's over now, Phil? What do you think? I, I kind of wanted to get out this weekend just to give it one last rock because it was so warm all September. Um, but yeah, like I, I actually heard someone talking that they went to Waukegan and everyone was snagging. And oh, okay. At that point, I think like you could probably try and catch them, but not with the snagging. Like that, that's all like the zombie dead fish, right? Yeah. And then people eat that. I guess. Uh, yeah. I don't he, know. About he that. got a couple in Michigan last year. Yeah. And he's I, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I caught. I went up to like northern Michigan. Or, well, halfway up in Michigan, and uh, we were casting flies in a stream, and there were so many of them they were hitting you in the waders. And uh, wow, we we did pretty good. Yeah. And they, like they fight, they're still you know they got a hook in their mouth. They're gonna fight for their life. But uh, yeah, the meat just wasn't that great. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the not. white bass done by Bush Lake Billy out on the no, campfire? Definitely not. Uh, the, the one caught, thing caught speaking of bass, though, kind so. of a news article. I don't remember where I got it. But you know how, like, out on the West Coast, into Alaska, they're talking about, like, uh, the salmon populations just aren't there. They're closing. You can't fish for them. We need to repopulate. You know where they found them? Hmm. They found a bunch up in the Arctic. Really? And so they're talking about, yeah, global warming or climate change or whatever, pushing them further north into the colder water. colder water. But they're actually around the Horn of Alaska. 
in the Arctic Ocean coming up the rivers in the Arctic. No they found a bunch, yeah, salmon that they've never been there. They've never been there. They found hmm. them up there. I think the Democrats paid them to go up there. <laughs> <laughs> so Get I, I just want to throw that out there. I, I did like your guys' commentary on that article I sent for last week's. Oh, right? did you? Yeah. <laughs> it's Chicago hospitality. Hey, I'm here yeah. to fish. Yeah, here, give me your wallet, give me your phone, give me yeah. everything. The, Here's the a guy punch that in gets the beat eye. up is in more trouble than the guy that did the beating yeah, up. Yeah, hang on one second. Let me beat you up real quick. Um. Otherwise, I, we can move into the, some cooking stuff because we're going to talk about cooking over the summer and future stuff. And then, uh, but I don't know if you guys want to do news or not. If you guys want to just skip over that this week, uh, so I, I was kind of assuming with four people, we we don't really kick out a whole lot of news. The one thing I just want to say one, just because I thought it was kind of funny that we brought it up. Remember we were talking about drought, yeah, and we we're talking about panic Panama Canal. So the Panama Canal has officially cut down the amount of ships that they will let through. They are in such a bad drought. Huh. I did. I did look that up after I heard you guys talking about it because I'm like, no way. Because didn't someone said, isn't that like man, ocean fed? Yeah, ocean fed on both sides. And daily ship know. crossings are being reduced due to a severe drought that is expected does, to last until next year. I'd be like, hey, just let that gate. How does the drought affect that? Leave let, that gate open a little bit. Yeah, longer, leave that would you gate mind? open just a scotch longer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we need to refill this. You know, five billion. Especially gallons when they're telling you that the oceans are rising. You know, at the yeah. same time, it's like, well, just well, we got a place for it to go. Oh, like so the York. oceans are rising. We're in a drought. So all the water's in the ocean. Duh, New, found it. New York just recently flooded. I saw that. New York City was like completely underwater for a minute. Yeah. It's like. So they're, they're reducing to conserve water and also cutting vessel drafts. So this is expected to disrupt a lot of shipping. Anything that goes through the Panama Canal, oil, anything. It's going to disrupt it. Hmm. One other thing I just want to say, too, because I loved this article. I forgot I wrote this down because I did some of these like a week ago. Uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Uh, Wisconsin residents are asking for action on the problems caused by wake boats. So DNR is being asked to change laws for wake boats. Use of these boats has increased in recent years and has become, I mean, you think about that. When we were kids, wake boats weren't really a thing. So yeah, I mean, you're you really talking. you a billionaire to own one. Like the last 10, 15 years, you know. Um, so the use of these wake boats has increased in recent years and has become a hot topic. Wake, uh, wake poses a danger to other boaters, habitat, and wildlife. The prop wash can scour the lake bottom and damage aquatic vegetation because of ballast tanks threat uh oh because of the ballast tanks there's a threat to invasive species spreading all around because you know you take the water in and then you eject it over here and so, i didn't know they took water and i thought they just manipulated uh prop and like wash off the boat so with that i wanted to throw in there hey if you guys make these things illegal or uh if you give them specific lakes throw jet skis in there too just to be yeah. sure yeah. just to be sure make yeah. sure jet skis are on good fishing lakes jet know? skis uh suck up a lot of stuff is there anything with teeth in that lake okay yeah. jet skis are not allowed on here yeah you know? they're also very <laughs> bad for the environment you know with you know emissions and stuff guy i work with is tell me he's got a like an insanely fast jet ski that he souped up and all this stuff. And it does like 120 miles an hour or something. And thinking to myself, like that sounds cool, but once, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's not like, Hey man, I'm going to go ride my jet ski. I wonder what's going to happen today. Same thing that happened last time. All right. So with that being said, let's move into some cooking. Cause I know you guys, you did a lot of cooking this summer, right? Uh, early on. I was, I was hitting it hard. I definitely slacked off uh, later in the summer. Same with Bill. Yeah. They're, same with me. It's, it's just life gets in the way, you know. And Man, I uh, cook, I cook everything all year round. Doesn't matter what. I mean, just like stuff that like that really stood out in in my mind. That's kind of what I was thinking. I about. did. Uh, I did fire up the smoker 
two times last weekend. So Ooh, that, very that was nice. good. Did you did you end up building that one smoker? Uh, I forget I'm if you still, said. Still in the process of doing that. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it's been a slow process, but my neighbors, the I'm kind of relying on him to be my welder and. Our, both of our schedules have to sync up. So, if, do you have a welder, or does he have a welder? He's or? got a welder. I was say, if you can get me a welder, I can weld it for you. Oh yeah. So, oh, definitely, yeah. definitely. I could even bring the one home from work, maybe. Yeah. What about stain? Is it stainless? No, no, it's not stainless. It's just plate steel. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Yeah. A little MIG welder, you know. Yeah, he's got a he's got a MIG welder. With a little uh, gas on there, and oh yeah, we can make that yeah, look nice. Yeah, actually, he ran out of gas. That's our latest hang up. Oh so. okay. Do you take Jim? I don't know how to take. I have no idea. How to I, I watched a guy do it, and I'm like, "This is some crazy special." I've done MIG like, and stick. Taking is supposed to be like the specialty, right? Oh like, yeah, like people can, that I, like really get their jollies off to TIG welding. I can I can have my wife MIG weld in, in a few minutes. It won't. It might not be pretty, but it'll stick. Yeah, I remember one guy know? told me like it's just like a cock gun, but it is. It's just like a cock gun. <laughs> I know more about brain surgery than I do welding. I'm, I'm not a welder at all. So anyway, so I want to hear what was your guys' absolute favorite cooks this year versus something you wish you didn't spend time with, if you have either one of those, you know? Want me to go first? You want to um, go first? You go ahead first, Bill. I think that brisket that I made for the uh, – oh, that's one that stood out in my mind. And then, like After I carved into it, I made it for the uh, – Pat's like he's rearing to go here. Did, did we talk about that brisket yet? Yeah, like you talked about it. Yeah, we did it. That, you you cannot explain. That. <laughs> that was that was probably one of the best cooks I've ever done. And like it, everything was just so seamless with it. It was like an eighteen-hour cook. Uh, I, I, by the time I cut into it and everything, by the time I from from the moment I put it on the grill to the, the second I pulled it out of the cooler from from uh, resting resting. If I had a picture of that, I would hang it on my wall. Dude, that that was it's probably one of the best cooks I've ever done. I want I want Fishy Phil's opinion on something real quick with that. Okay, right. so he brought this on the trip. Yeah, and I I'm a fishing trip kind of guy, right? When you go on fishing trip and you're gonna eat food, okay? Hey, you've been fishing, you've been fishing, you've been fishing. Let's go get a bite to eat before the evening fish, right? And uh, so you go in, and what do you cook? What, I mean, what's a, what's a normal expectation? I mean, I'm for a thinking back to like when I was kind of in my heyday of going on my own trips and doing stuff like that, and I'm more in the camp of what you would do. But now that I'm Which a little is, older, like brats or frozen <laughs> burgers, like. Yeah. But that's just because that was like money was one thing, and oh, that's a big. Now thing. I'm a little older, a little wiser, and I'm definitely on these guys. Side. Oh, so it's, you are. So yeah, it's, so you prefer go with the, the... the finer things. Yeah. Like, I mean, it definitely takes extra planning to bring a brisket and all that. And, and a cast iron and, pan. And, and, and I, I don't know if I'm that prepared to do that. Like, I'm not really a uh, plan it out kind of guy. I'm a just go with go with the flow kind of guy. So I, I was thinking about this in May. But yeah, like, like exactly. So if, if I was going with someone like Bill and they were offering up brisket, I'd be like, hell yeah, bring that brisket. <laughs> Words cannot explain how good that was. That, that was that was probably one of the best cooks I've ever done. So that's that's one thing that really stood out in my mind as far as this year's. And I, I know we talked about it on the podcast. I won't go into it, but that was one that really stuck out for me. Yeah, I've, I've literally got nothing that'll compare to that, like at all. Like so, um, this would actually be last year for me, but I did one for Christmas at my aunt's house, and um, I did a brisket, and it was perfect. Like, I mean, as close to a ten out of ten as possible. Yeah, right. Like, 
I nailed it. Every single last piece of it was gone. And like, I wish I would have done too. But I want to hear, okay, so what, what made it so perfect then? I mean, so it like, was, was just, it something that you prepped or was it? Um, yeah, I mean, well, you, you got to trim the brisket. That's like the first thing. So you got to make sure you do a nice trim and get, because no one wants a big piece with tons of fat on it. Like right. the fat is good, Like you, there's, but you got to have the right amount of fat. So, like, yep. you can't have half of the thing one just glob of fat. You got to kind of trim it down. So that's that's one thing, and then a nice bark, and I mean, just it's got to be nice and moist too. Like, no one wants dry brisket. Yep. And it, I, it just it was perfect. It was but so like, run, run me through temperatures, things like that, because like, um, so, and you're smoking this on a barrel or a, an offset smoker. No, no, this was on a pellet smoker. Oh, pellet. Does that even count? No, I gotta Tell say, me, like, does that even count for long cooks like <laughs> that, man? Like, shit. unless you want to stay up for like eighteen hours, or like Brad would it's... probably say no. Yeah. <laughs> Brad would say no. Yeah, I, I did when you were talking about Brad. I wanted to be like, "Ooh, Brad cooks on an offset, a homemade one." <laughs> well, that's gonna be me soon enough. Um, hopefully, I'm just teasing. So, but anyway, so um, temper d- 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 no do no pellets so, matter. Like the, the big no, the biggest. X factor that I've learned, and I kind of, it took me way too long to figure this out, and I think, Bill, you know this. It's once the brisket is done, it has to rest. Yes. That's when all the magic happens. How long? Uh, I'd say a minimum of four hours. Four to eight. I usually do about three. Three? Okay. I do about three, so I... So, all right, so if you get it... You would give it eight? So the way I've been doing them lately um, is to cook it overnight. It gets done at like 8 a.m., and then I'll save it till dinner, but it, like I keep it in the oven at the lowest temperature, like one fifty. Oh, okay, you put it in so the oven. a heated rest. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah, whenever I pulled this one off, or whenever you keep I've done it in it, like a cooler, or whatever. yeah, I wrap it in a beach towel. Yeah. I got a, He's got a specific towel. Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's actually my sister's. Uh, Is it like a really greasy towel now? I wash it every time. You know, I really? wash. I, yeah, I wash it because otherwise it just gets moldy. But yeah, so it's you're nasty. not doing a heated rest. So you probably like because. You can't go below 140, otherwise then bacteria starts growing. And yeah. You, so so I pulled mine off at like literally like 202, 203. Yep. I think this one I actually pulled off at about 200. And like it's it's funny what those last little degrees like. Right. The it's, you think oh it's just a couple of degrees it makes or breaks it 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 really yeah. does. Do you know why? I mean what? I don't know why. No. It, I, I think it's because so, that that temperature is what perfectly renders. So fat. what would happen at two hundred five? If it's just, just the the, the flat, the leaner part it ends up dry. Yeah, by the time you pull it off, it actually like ends up it's dry. pretty hard to mess up the point. The point is like a pork shoulder, where there's so much right. fat content in there. Doesn't matter how you can cook it to two ten plus probably, but there's so much fat, it's always going to have moisture. But the flat is pretty lean. On besides like the layer of fat above it. And that's what'll dry out. And the farther you take it to 203, the more it's gonna dry. So the one thing that I've been doing is I found that on my at, at least my smoker, there's like there's hot spots. I'm sure it's the same thing with like yeah, everything. I think every every grill has them. So I've been rotating mine okay. just based on that. Um, I, I rotate it like once I get up to the stall, and then once I finally do wrap it, I'll rotate it like every hour and a half, two hours or whatever after I'm after Even that. it out a little bit. Yeah, just to kind of. Even the cookout, but yeah, no mind. I wrap in a beach towel and then just throw in my Ubedi cooler and about let it three set for hours. About, yeah, it was about a three hour rest. And then yeah, so I do like the heated rest and for then about eight, eight hours. Eight, eight hours. So your oven's running for eight hours when you do that. Yep. No yeah, kidding. A, a hot summer day running. 
you know. That's uh, well, well I mean, actually, he's only well, and then the degrees. other thing that I started doing is since I've been using my pellet smoker mostly, I drop that to the lowest setting, which is 150. I'll just leave it on the smoker to just rest there. Oh, so wrapped, wrapped or unwrapped? Oh uh, yeah, I'll do a butcher butcher paper wrap. Yeah. So you're not getting any more flavor in there. Um, well, when I wrap it in butcher paper, I usually take some beef tallow and kind of butter it up some. Ooh. But no oh, more, there's a, there's no more option. smoke flavor. Yeah, no more smoke. Flavor. Yeah, the smoke's already kind of penetrated at that point. I just I've never smoked on an easy bake oven. But for me, um, <laughs> yeah, all you do is you hit the button and you come oh, back twenty five hours later. Shit talk now that he's got a smoker. <laughs> yeah. you know, two been... years ago, he didn't even know what a smoker was. I want. I, 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 I still. I, I can identify him in a lineup. All right. <laughs> One of these days when you're on daddy duty, I want. I want to use your smoker. Like I'll, I'll. I'll tag team in if you want. I want to do a brisket on that charcoal smoker. To, uh, I really. Oh, want you're to more see than welcome to any. It, I mean, anytime. Next time brisket is on sale, I'll pick it up. Actually, yeah. pork shoulder uh, was on sale for ninety nine cents yeah, a pound. Yeah. Yep, I picked you up. Yeah, he got me one. Well, so I, the, half the reason why I said get it for me is in case we do get a deer, one of us gets a deer, oh, and we need go. the fat off yeah, it right away. You know, we have we have a deer we have to grind soon, and um, he's doing it with beef fat, which I still may do with beef fat. I haven't decided. I'm yet. definitely trying that this year. So you got to shoot a deer first, sir, pal. Yeah, you know? if I get one. You're right. Well, I've got like two or three pork shoulders. So, in the is there a butcher that go. you go to to get the fat then? or We have CP Meat Market here in New Lenox. And they'll so. sell just the fat? Well, this is what I got to find out. Got to go talk to them. I got an sure R&D guy here that's supposed to find out for me. You know, I'm sure they will. What? What's that look for? Man, you just buy a you couple go in briskets. You know these guys by the first name. They they supply my company with all the meat. Yeah, you can go in there and buy whatever you want. You, you just buy bones. fat though? I'll should, buy I'm, sure they, I'm sure they do. I'll, so, I'll, I'll talk to my guy. All right. So besides brisket, is there anything that really stuck out for you guys? So that yeah. Just... Well, that was that was Bill's answer. You didn't get to me yet. Yeah. Oh, I thought you agreed with him. No, no, no. I, well, okay. I did talk about the Christmas brisket, but no. Um, the one thing that I would say stood out to me that exceeded my expectations was I did a um, boneless turkey breast. And that was pretty good. Huh. I, I would recommend. Uh, guy at work, that, Eddie, that, he does that all the time. It, it, not all the time, but he does it pretty frequently. And he he says he loves it. Yeah, it was good. Like, just nice smoky flavor. I mean, the yeah. meat turkey is kind of... Uh, it's dry you know, anyway. Well, it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't dry, but, like, it doesn't have much of a flavor to it. No. I'm but you, but you got, like, the smoke flavor, and then yeah. it's like a real light meat. What he does is he buys them from Burkotts. You actually... So they actually... Uh, they sell it as, like, the two breasts... And then what you do is you just you cut them in half, and then you smoke one at a time. That's what he does at least. Okay. Um, but he does it probably at least once a month. He'll do a smoke. Yeah, I mean it rest. was it was good. It, I mean to me it was just like, I mean it was chicken. Yeah. But with they're huge smoke. Too. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. I mean they're like almost football size, depending on the size you get. You yeah, know? I was surprised how good it tasted. Was that you, Jim? What's that? Yeah, that, every now and then the, the beer does that in my throat. I don't know what it is. I thought it might have been me, but... <laughs> Do you get that sound? In the, I, I heard it, but I don't know it's, if it was uh, me or not. I wonder if it came through on the podcast. If you guys said, you'll no, hear, I heard, you I heard know. it in my headphones. I heard no, I it in the headphones. It. I thought it was me. Um, all right, so, so, so you smoked that. I smoked it, yeah. How, how, how did you smoke that? Oh, uh, I want to say it was 275. Or maybe... No, you know what? I think I started it lower. Like 200, 225 for a little bit, upped it to 275. And then. At what point? Why would you do um, it? Oh, now you're testing me. You're just like me. It's like, oh, because I felt like it. It's intuition. <laughs> yeah. I know that. I know that. Like, well, I, I went off of um, Jerby Barbecue on YouTube 
and he does uh he wraps it in foil with butter and that's when i cranked the temperature up so i think so so you want to cook it maybe two 225 we'll say for an hour we'll say two hours Still, what temperature? If you, if you had to guess, uh, no internal temperature, just okay. enough to put smoke on it. Okay. Like the two twenty five, you're going to have a dirtier smoke. Should have more smoke. That's just putting the flavor into it. Then you're going to wrap it, and you're going to put some butter in it. Um, the butter is just to kind of help keep everything moist and add some flavor. And then you crank the temperature up two seventy five just to finish it off. So that's it. <laughs> I'm just laughing at the thing, Pat, because I just I just had to. <laughs> Burp a little bit. We all thought it was our (laughs) (laughs) No, it came through on the podcast. So So 275, just to finish it, get it to the like 160, 165, whatever you want to call it. So you'd call it done at that point? I'd call it at 160, I think, because you're going to keep it wrapped. It's going to carry over cook when you pull it off. You concur, Bill? I've never done a smoked turkey breast. I I did a whole turkey, but yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. I mean... I just wonder if he's like, no, I'd do it different. You know, I've never done a smoked turkey breast. He, like, like I said, the guy at work, Ed, he does it all the time. And yeah, it's... that was the first one I did, and it was, uh, I don't know, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, it was recent, recent. Yeah, I've hey. done a whole turkey on the smoker, you know, but I've never. Yeah, done I've a... cooked those for uh, Thanksgiving. I think that's what I'll do for Thanksgiving this year again on the smoker. There's so, nothing like it. So uh, you had a date last night, so you cooked for. I did indeed. Yeah. And uh, how did that? How did that go? So Tell I everybody made... how much a pound that was, first of all. This, <laughs> Bill, Bill treats a woman right. Let me tell you this. Ladies, if you're single, if there is any li- women that listen to this, this Wait, is the Bill guy you want to hook up. might be off the market. Hey, uh, I, I might not, currently, uh, currently off the market, yes. Caitlin, cover your ears. Uh, quote, unquote, <laughs> quote, unquote. But yeah. wait till you hear how much he spent a pound on this girl for, to feed her. So I went to CP Meat Market, and I said. Paid her local. You know, right here, local. Mm. What, probably one of the best butcher shops I've ever been to. Actually, probably one of like two butcher shops I've ever been to, but shout the best out one. Jack and Pat's. Jack and Pat's. Jack and Pat's <laughs> is good. Um, so I go in there. I says, "Can I have two decent sized fillets and uh, four chicken breasts? I'm going to make chicken breasts for just meal prep, or as Jim would say, leftovers. <laughs> That'd be fourteen hundred dollars." So I, w- I went up and Bill. Yep, yep, that's me. All right, that'll be eighty three bucks. Like, uh. Excuse me? What? <laughs> so I was looking at actually the price for like the um, the fillets per pound. It's like 38 bucks a pound. Wow. $38 a pound. Was that filet mignon? But that is that is 100% prime, never my, frozen, just cut like today. My like brother uh, that you work with, yeah. he, uh, him and his wife bought fillets from CP Meats I think for Valentine's Day and he was saying how expensive they yeah. were. But I'm telling you dude they were it was this thick. Oh they look beautiful. They, they were, were beautiful. I'll show you a picture here in a second. And she took but, three bites and said I'm good. No, yeah. she she ate uh she ate just as much as me. So wow. uh, uh had a little bit leftovers today uh but I made uh mashed potatoes um with I didn't make homemade gravy because I didn't have any like beef stock on hand. So just regular ass uh, McCormick gravy and then bacon wrapped asparagus. So she said she wasn't a huge asparagus fan, but she said she'd be open to trying it with bacon. See, I'm the exact opposite. You tell me, hey, I brought bacon wrapped bacon wrapped asparagus. I'd be like, oh, I guess I'm not eating that today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's funny when you make bacon wrapped asparagus because it's you, you, I threw them on the grill even at low power. You you kind of get that crisp, and then I went back out there. I'm like, man, that grill is smoking a little bit more than usual. 
whoa, a couple of them, the, the bacon grease just kind of dripped down and got a little bit of a flare up. Yeah, don't worry about that little guy. <laughs> that little guy? Don't worry it. about that little guy. Um, and then you microwaved your expensive fillets? No, no, I did <laughs> not. <kidding. laughs> no, they were. It, it actually turned out really good. She was saying uh, it was one of the best steaks she's ever had because it literally, I, dude, I'm I'm not even kidding. You could you cut it with your fork. Nice. It was just that tender, and I cooked it to about. She's she's a medium rare kind of girl herself. Oh, nice. Most people are. Um, not, not my family. Everyone well, is. Well done over there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. That's, that's no actually pink. how our family is too. No pink. I'm the only one. I I'll eat medium rare, but oh, I like steak rare, burgers medium rare, steak rare. I yeah. crank I cranked oh, yeah. that. Uh, I didn't do it on small. I did it on my, my my propane grill, but I cranked both of them up to uh, like the first two burners on high, seared it one side, one side, about three minutes per side, and then I put it on indirect heat. I pulled them off about I would say three minutes too early um, to get to a temperature because I pulled them off at about one thirty ish. And so by the time they actually rested, they were about 140. So they were more medium than they were medium rare. But like I said, it was, dude, they were, they were some of the best steaks you could ever get. So real quick on this girl, um, <laughs> she is she coming to the wedding? Yeah. Oh. So far. So far. Yeah, so far. Um, yeah, no, she's uh, she's we my plus one. We don't need to talk about this uh, on the podcast. Oh, yeah, we yeah. do, bro. Yeah, we do. Come no, on. I want to like, hear more about cooking stuff because yeah. Yeah. we we got two of the guys that are probably – if I ever had a cooking question, oh. it would be fired off to one of you guys. Or Brad. Uh, no, Brad's not that good at cooking. You know? Oh, that's a trigger. I got a phone call for saying that, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm surprised he's not calling you right now. Yeah. Yeah, I heard like, that. I heard that. <laughs> yeah, felt it in his ears. Over oh, Brad. Brad. Brad would definitely get a, you know, because he's cooked everything and anything. But no, um, to answer your second question, as uh, ooh. did you cook anything that was a waste of your time? So I wouldn't say it was a waste of my time, but probably my worst cook of the year and debatably my best cook of the year were both briskets. Like briskets, just hard to. Hard to master. It is. It's it's a uh, each one is different. It is. Bill says I can't consider myself a smoker until, until I do a brisket. A brisket. That's yeah. like that's like your graduation. Yeah, that is the uh, the holy grail. I would like, say. I've done a few things, and he's like, you haven't done anything until you did a brisket. Yeah, don't, don't tell me about that whole chicken you did. I don't care about. I mean, that, it's not know? too much different than a pork shoulder, honestly. But a pork shoulder, you can't mess up. Right. You can cook a pork shoulder right. for eight hours, or you know, as long as you get it. I'll tell you, my average pork shoulder. I would say it's been no less than eight hours, no less, yeah, that's about and right. more like nine to ten. Yeah, I'd say ten is a good number. Yeah. And then okay, so at least I okay, I feel a little less bad about that because at like nine, I'm like, all right, open the old air up and whoo, throw that heat in there because I'm getting sick of waiting on this thing. Yeah, no, I'd say most of mine go about ten. But like Brad okay. says, getting it through the stall, just he puts his air compressor to it. Yeah, he puts a flamethrower on it. <laughs> yeah. So but when you say average 10, what's the weight, you think? Seven, eight pounds? Uh, like, yeah, eight pounds, I'd okay. say. Seven, That's what he just picked me up was an eight-pounder. Yep. Yeah. Um, all right, so you've had a bad brisket. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it has to do with that heated rest I was talking about or, um, or if it's the pellet smoker with the heat coming from the bottom, but I had multiple... Um, one really bad where the bottom was just like tough, like, and not tough, like uncooked tough. Like I'm cutting it with the knife and the knife didn't want to go through it. So now it's like falling apart, like almost like it, the heat from the bottom, maybe from my oven or maybe from the smoker, just like kind of like too much of a crust almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
So um, I don't really know what that is, but I, it hasn't happened in a while. And I've switched from the heated rest in my smoker, or well, from the oven to my smoker. So I'm thinking maybe it was from the oven. Well, could be. Yeah, Anything else that you can think of that might have caused that? Um, the oven is my leading suspect. So No impatience with Jack and heat up somewhere? No, or... no, no. I, yeah, I mean, I pretty much, when I cook, I, it's it's what it's doing. Um, there have been times where it runs long and you know you got people waiting, but that hasn't happened to me in a while. Because yeah. I try now now that I I bake the rest into my cook time, like I want that thing done way before it's actually going to be served, so right. I don't really have to worry about cranking the temperature up to three hundred fifty degrees to get it done. So, yeah. do you have a specific pellet you use, like uh, whatever's cheap? Just put it. So I, mean, <laughs> I found the same thing. I just uh, buy the competition blender. So Pit like boss a- at Menards. That's been my go-to yep. would you ever use apple over competition blender you know what i mean like is there any no so I, if you were smoking a brisket and you're walking through the store and you see apple is half the price of something else would you use apple to smoke a brisket yeah yeah 100%. would you use something else over apple uh no no i just use the competition blend whatever's cheapest at menards it's yeah when it comes to like wood hunks and you're actually burning like wood hunks, I think hickory is by far the best. So when I use wood chunks, like in my charcoal smokers, I like hickory. I have a bag of hickory and a bag of apple. And like ribs or pork, I'll do half and half. For like if it was just beef, I'd probably just do um, the hickory. I, I feel like why with that the, is. I feel but, like with the actual wood chunks, you actually get the flavor. Like you can actually sense it. But with the pellet smoker, I don't. I don't feel it. Yeah. All kind of taste the same. See, with mine, like with beef, I love using the mesquite. But once again, like I like bitter flavor, you know, versus anything else. But like I have those, I think you got them for me, didn't you? The mesquite? Yeah, they were on sale at Menards. I picked them up for you. Remember that tri tip I did? That turned out, yeah. I think you had it. Yep, that was awesome. It was, yeah, and it was the mesquite. But I, but once again, I like, you know, I like bitter whiskey, I like bitter coffee. So I think you'd have to kind of be on that side of things if you like mesquite mm-hmm. because it definitely was more of a bite to eating that. I, I, I like hickory for the way that it tastes, the way that it burns. Yeah. And my smoker's kind of a different animal. Like, it, it, if you put too much wood in there and you have the temp too high, like, it's going to go from 200 to 350, like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. So, Depending on which way the wind's blowing. Yeah, that too. Like, with Jim's smoker, too much wind is too much heat. With my smoker, too much wind is absolutely no heat. That's true. Because yeah. my, mine, mine's like putting a leaf blower in there, you know, yeah. and it just, yeah, it takes off. And Pat's yeah. takes all the heat away. Um, you got anything you regret doing or didn't like or didn't so turn I mean, out? I mean, I don't, I don't, re- the one thing I can say is I don't regret doing it, but I regret the dish that I used it in. So I made dropped meatballs. Uh, this was only a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I bought two or I bought a pound of beef, ground beef, regular ground beef. I didn't thought. What is this called? What's this dish called? Drop meatballs. Drop? Drop meatballs. Yep. Meat pie. Drop meat pie. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what the drop meatballs is? No. It's like, oh, okay. All right, so anyway, um, so like a drop meatball is, so here's a hot tip like that I learned from a guy at work, Randy. Um, whenever I make meatballs, I do them with half pork, half pork and half beef. I've never done that, but I, I do know that. So I do half pork, mix. half beef. Um, Why? Because the, the, the fattiness yeah, of fat. the pork is... You just really get the best of flavors both flavors? It. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the way I used to do them, and I won't do this anymore, so it was half a uh, pound of ground beef, pound of ground pork. I would put two eggs, um, 
and just regular old panko uh, breadcrumbs, and then obviously seasonings, salt, you know, salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, whatever. Um, mix them up into meatballs, let them kind of rest, and then make make your meatballs. And then I would fry them in a pan, and then put them into my sauce. He says, "No, no, 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 no! You're doing it wrong. You got to try this way. Rather than using panko breadcrumbs, uh, take regular saltine crackers. Now, this is a very specific thing that I didn't know about until very recently." You use 11 saltine crackers per pound. So 11 doing, per pound. 11 per pound. And it, if you points. Google that, I swear to God, it, it comes up. So I use 22 saltine crackers. You know, obviously mushed them up in a, uh, got them into a very fine, like, binder, I guess you could say, like, almost like a breadcrumb kind of thing. Thinking about that, I just got the nail on the chalkboard feeling for a second. Go ahead. No, just m- munching up 22 saltine crackers. In a, in a Ziploc bag, put them into your one pound of beef, one pound of ground pork, um, all your other seasonings. No eggs. Oh, wait a second. Wait a oh, second. Oh no. Okay, I skipped. I skipped a step. I'm sorry. No, but you just you just had your math wrong. You said eleven per pound. Eleven per pound. You just said put them in your one pound of. So you mean so you're you're going to actually mulch up twenty two saltine crackers? Twenty two saltine crackers. He said yes. Twenty two. I thought. Oh, okay. One, Maybe one, I missed one it. pound of ground beef. One pound of ground pork. So 22 total crackers 22, at this point. Okay. 22 total crackers, but I missed the step. You soak the saltine crackers in just a little bit of milk. Hmm. Soak them in a little bit of milk. Let them, let them sit there so they get into like almost like a, like a sludge or a paste almost. Slurry. Yeah. yeah. Then you add that to your, uh, to your meat. Yeah, Slurry. that's a good word. Slurry meat pie. <laughs> <laughs> no eggs, no nothing. Um, obviously, all your seasonings. So I did... Half of them, so I guess you could say a pound of meatballs. Uh, what I did, don't, um, I didn't pan fry them or anything. All I did was I put them in a uh, baking dish, and I poured home style. I don't like really chunky pasta sauce. I prefer um, like what, what they call home style gravy, which is a lot thinner. Hmm. I poured that over the top, put some Parmesan cheese, and then a little bit of mozzarella at the top. Put that in the oven, 350. For about, uh, I think about 40 minutes. Those are called drop meatballs. You're supposed to actually drop them in the gravy, but I hmm. poured the gravy on top. That's okay. drop meatballs. And obviously serve it over pasta. So what went wrong? <laughs> Nothing went wrong with that. The other half that I did, I did it on the smoker. And something about smoked meatballs and pasta, I just don't agree with. I don't. No? Th- yeah, I just didn't agree with it. It was like. Maybe if you did barbecue sauce with the noodles. Uh, Seriously? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. That something would be a, that would be different. Would something be about just offense. like putting. It, <laughs> maybe if I would have done it on the grill, you know, that would have been better. But like, just like a smoky, you, you could definitely feel like a smoky flavor to it. Maybe I lost too much fat like on the grill because when you did it in the oven, all that fat kind of stayed in there and kind of rendered yeah. and, and got into the sauce, and it was much better, you know, mixed with the pasta sauce and, and the actual pasta. But like being on the grill, it was like, yeah, these are great meatballs, but. Not with pasta sauce and pasta. Yeah, pasta. Mm. Pasta. 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 Maybe a meatball sandwich. Mm. Ah, you know what? Maybe a smoked meatball sandwich. That would have been better. Yeah, with, but... some, with some barbecue? I mean, it was still... Some barbecue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> meatball sandwich, barbecue. No, it, it was it was still good, but like I much preferred the you know actual traditional way of doing it, which is in the oven. Uh, well, but both Millers have uh, smokers these days. I do. So, I, mine has not been fired up in a long time now. Notable, I, I have notable on the other month. side of the table. Um, I'll tell you my 
So the most successful thing I did so far, and only I'm going off a reaction to the cook, was the chickens that I've cooked for Cal. It was uh, chicken lemon rice, or chicken, no, lemon pepper. I'm sorry, chicken lemon pepper. Lemon pepper chicken. Lemon pecker, okay. Lemon <laughs> pecker <laughs> chicken rice. <laughs> so I, I seasoned that all up and made it for her, and she swears that was the best chicken she's ever had. Better than Bill's is what she specifically told Ooh, me. Yeah. Burn. Really? So, yeah, better. I'm going to have to have a go, have so, a word with her. I'm going to have some words with her <laughs> yeah. after this. Put the glove on, starts laughing. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, my favorite personally, other, I, you know, I did some pork shoulders, but according to Bill, that doesn't count. Uh, but the tri-tip, the tri-tip was beautiful that I got done That with. did turn out really good. So I'd like to do another one of those soon. It's just, it's hard to string, for some reason, it's hard to string along that many hours in a row at home. It's just every weekend's been running. Well, yeah, I mean, I, that's why I feel like the winter I squeeze in some cooking just because, like, the end of the summer is always super busy for everyone. It's like the last of the nice days. Yeah. It's yep. like everyone's home all winter. You might as, I mean, burn a little more fuel, but... And you, you don't have to go out there and tend to it all that much. It's not like you're freezing out there, sitting there with drinking a beer. Yeah, right. You, you can check on it every now and then it feels yeah, like the perfect right. thing to go along with fall you know what i mean the, it is the bluetooth thermometers really help too yeah. you know you could be sitting or watching whatever and this thing alerts you hey it's too hot too cold whatever yep. and you open it up how about you pat you got a favorite uh so my favorite this year was is caitlin is not a fan of how smoky my stuff comes out because i roll coal in mine all the time and yeah. they come out like like super smoky sometimes and so she doesn't like that I like it. I think I'm kind of backing off of the smoke a little bit, but I made a very lightly smoked sirloin cap on the smoker, and the the fat rendered down just barely. Yeah. So you could just like you could just like shave it off with a knife at the end. Yeah. But we made roast beef sandwiches with that. That was awesome. Ooh, um, nice. I tried. You know, I used to work I, at Duke's. Yep. Uh, I tried uh, an Italian beef. Um, like the actual Duke's way with more sirloin caps, and I thought it turned out. How'd you slice? Pretty it? good, just like by hand, like very so carefully. Or I made the mistake of the, so one thing I will say for Italian beef is that if you're making it for, let's say it's going to be dinner on Monday, you make it on Sunday. Yeah, and then you slice it on Monday while it's cold. Yeah, slice it while it's cold on Monday. Get it to like that thinner, you know, almost like sheets of paper. Like the thinner, the better. Honest, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's- uh, so I made mine for dinner, and they they I cut them super thick because when it's something you know warm, it's it just yeah. you can't cut it that. You no, know, um, well, my brother made Italian beef, and he bought one of them little, or I think it was a hand me down, but like a little deli slicer, like actual deli slicer. Yeah, yeah those but, would be sweet. Yeah, I mean they're pretty cheap, I think, but it's not as good as like a you know commercial grade. Yeah. one. And shout out to Bud. I think he's got one. You know, he was the Italian beef guy. Before. Yeah, I think he tried to like. It, Hey, but if that's still for sale, like I'm interested. I don't know if he still got it, but uh, we used to sell him at JC Penny in high school. Yeah, remember that? But you're right; they were very homeowner grade. Yeah. But Bud sent me the recipe, you know, just the stuff that's in the recipe, no proportions or anything like that, because you know, in that world you're cooking eighty pounds of meat, in this world you're cooking two. You yeah, know? like like yeah, like three pounds, two pounds. But uh, so that turned out. Um, my sirloin cap that I smoked lightly, make you know, kind of like a roast beef kind of dish. That turned out pretty good. Uh, the one thing that I need to perfect is beer can chicken. I tried it once. Uh, clearly did it wrong. Um, didn't taste any of the beer. 
plenty of cans here like for you to choose from. I feel from. like it's a novelty. I, that, I feel the same way. It's one of those things like, oh, people, oh, it's beer can chicken. I don't think you taste beer. It's literally just to keep it moist. It's like, I just stuff it with a lemon or an onion, and I think you'd that's what I right. did. It turned out great. Yeah. It, it really was good. I was hoping you had a deer recipe that was your. Uh, I was just about to ask any wild game recipes anybody did. Anybody? Well, Pat made the backstrap at the at the chip. And yeah, that, that was that good. turned out awesome. So I cooked it on that grill that was about fourteen thousand degrees. <laughs> it was um, the one that so was this making thing the was grill fourteen hundred degrees. It was making the grill great bow. Yeah, because oh, yeah. it was so damn hot. It was fourteen hundred degrees. I guarantee you at the uh, yeah. At like the you, you gave me a little piece of backstrap from one mm-hmm. of the po- yeah. podcasts I did, was on, and I went home and cooked it. I was home alone, all by myself. It was, a, you know, it was a portion. Cooked it. That was my dinner for the night. Wasn't that good? It was good. Yeah, I I try and package all my stuff and like, you know, I'm gonna eat this one meal kind of like you know yep. portions. That way, I'm not thawing out everything open, you know, and then I have to cook it all for one week. But. uh no, that's good. That's always good. I haven't smoked anything off of the deer yet because I don't. You know how like the reason smoking so good is because you're rendering down fat that's in the meat. Right. There's deer really, isn't. There's fatty. really no fat in there. And if there was, you don't want it anyway. So I'm trying to figure out a way where I can like surround it with fat or like. It, it, have you ever heard of people like just like stuffing it in there or like? No, I don't think so. Imagine just, just butter, right? I mean, just butter it the best yeah, you can. That's I kind mean, of fat. Usually on leaner cuts, you, you could just impart the smoke flavor but you, you know you don't want to go up to 200 degrees like you're trying to break down fat you just you're putting the flavor on it still cook it and then maybe like a reverse sear type thing where you give it a, a sear to finish it off should i tell the greg story with the with the dough yeah or the uh fawn but real quick you, i think you have real quick before i finish my deer thing i really think that if you're a deer hunter and you grind your back straps you're doing an extreme disservice to yourself because they are so good. That's the that's people the do that? man. That's the people do that. Dude, you I hear I listen to people talk about deer hunting and they're like, nah, I don't I don't do the whole backstrap thing. You know, like they're like sounds like they're either turning it into dog food or one hundred percent ground meat. Well, to be honest with you, okay, so if you're one of these people that get multiple deer, three, four, five deer a year. Yeah, I can see you grinding up, you know, I, saving a couple of them and then grinding a rest. I, I could thought the backstraps were like the fillets. Yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. the fillet. So good. It is, but imagine imagine if you you shot four or five deer with backstraps that are this long cut into. So where does it come from? It's like, it's right. Uh, it's the spinal erectors, yeah. you know. Like, uh, like left and, so there's two of them? There's left two of them, yeah. Right side? Yeah, so per deer you get two, you get two backstraps. And they're the whole are, width of the, like. The back yeah, the, for the most part, would they, you say? They probably start length, about four inches behind the neck, and they run all yeah, the way. Yeah, right, right, if you tail. drew a line straight up from the front leg all the way almost to the tail, so leg to leg, is yeah, good. You need a deer schematic up here. You got a cow. I schematic. know. I'd, I'd like to. That was actually how this started. But you know, so I was gonna get the, a pig, and uh, there's the rib cage, and then there's the spinal, like the spine on top, and there's like this. If you were to run the rib cage with a smooth line over to the spine, there's that little gap in there, and that's where all the back strap is. So I believe filet mignon. Let me look here. Well, here's the porterhouse. Half of the porterhouse. Yeah, it's off of the. But I want to say when you get a filet mignon on a cow, I think it comes from the inside the ribs. I don't think it comes from the outside the ribs. So right? correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like if a, it's a filet, so it's actually the tenderloin is the actual. No, of, no, I think it's different. I think it's just comparable to the filet. Like so, but a filet mignon tenderness. is when it's actually wrapped in bacon. Because a true really? filet mignon is actually just the filet and wrapped in bacon. Otherwise, you're just eating a filet. I could be um, wrong there. That I don't know. No, I don't. 
No, I don't dude, know. I've, I've had filet mignon at like really nice restaurants when companies take us <clears> out, <throat> and like I had a really nice filet, and it had no bacon. I'll have to look that up. I know I a porterhouse when you take when you break down a porterhouse, the one little chunk is a filet. Yep. The other half is a New York strip. Yep. And that's 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 what makes a porterhouse, and I believe that comes from inside the rib cage. I could be wrong on that, but like you know, like he's saying with the filet on on venison, is that's the outside. So you actually, yeah, it's a little more than ninety degree cut. Yeah. And on venison, so you kind of yeah, follow the ribs it's like a up. little more obtuse than a ninety, and then straight down on the back. So yeah, I remember when more... you were cutting it up up here. Oh, that was that was so good. So this uh, guy I used to work with Greg, he retired, um, but they were out hunting one day, and they they had this uh, fawn that got wrapped up. Its leg was all jacked up into a a barbed wire fence or something, and so it was suffering. So they put it out of its misery, and so they did one of these. Uh, well, you know, we're we're just gonna waste a tag or whatever. <laughs> the way he described it, he's like, "Oh yeah, we just cut that thing, we stuffed it with Italian sausage, and threw it on the smoker, and it was great." <laughs> <laughs> the little fawn, Cal was mad because we watched those deer dance in front of us, and two of them were clearly fawns. Yeah, I said those are the best tasting ones right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. So the one thing I was going to ask you, so you see our fish that we cooked, but remember we did the perch. We did perch fishing last December or whatever it was. Yep. How does that compare to this? Uh, very comparable. Is I'd it? say, well, so when I when I fried up my perch, um, I did a beer batter. Um, so the, what, breading, breading is yeah. a little bit different. Um, and I, like, I think the... Um, seasoning in this shore lunch fish fry is pretty, I don't know what word I'm looking for, but for it's, me, it's standard. I would look at it as a standard. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's good, but it's very different from how I fried the perch, but still like, I don't know. I, I think once you're frying fish, as long as it doesn't have that fishy taste and you're just tasting like clean meat, that's all I'm looking for, and and I'd say both of them were like that. So. Actually, I, like I like just smelling the breading of it. It's just the Shore Lunch original. Yeah. Um, but it, it it didn't smell like anything. And then you actually cook it, and it's like this is not bad. I mean, right? Oh there's yeah. Some there's plenty of there. there's plenty of flavor. In yeah. There. Oh, that was good. That was really good. There's so anything else you guys want to throw no, in there? Because like we were talking about a bunch of different cooking. I don't know if there was any wild game you guys cooked or something or knew or something or had something or you know what I mean? And then Because I know you cooked those. Did you cook any other fish you want to talk about or anything this year? Or? No, I uh, my buddy uh, went to Texas and shot a boar, and he gave me eight pounds of meat. Ooh, very um, nice. I, the only thing I've cooked with it so far is I just wanted to try just the meat, so I made burgers didn't throw any seasoning on them. Didn't. I was gonna do a, a cheeseburger, but then uh, the guy I was with kind of convinced me. He's like, "No, let's just the meat and bread." So we made burgers and bread, and, and it was a hamburger bun. But I didn't do any ketchup. I did. I just. How was it? It was good. It's just like, eight pounds of ground. Yeah, eight pounds of ground. So uh, I used one pound to make the burgers. So I have seven pounds, and I think I want to. I was talking to my buddy that gave it to me, and. Um, might do like a summer sausage. Oh, very nice, yeah. Summer, he's going to do Spanish chorizo, which is like a salami. Yeah. And uh, I like, he's got to buy a bunch of different stuff for oh, it. Yeah, so I I don't think I'm going to go that crazy over it. Um, but I think I think a summer sausage 
should be pretty or simple. Or make breakfast sausage out of it, man. Like, like a, yeah, like a chorizo Mexican is. chorizo. Yeah. yeah, like a Mexican chorizo. Yeah. yeah. The only thing about that is then I wouldn't be casing it up, but it'd probably still be good. Oh, I'm I mean, sure it'd be fine. Form it into little patties and freeze them. Yeah. Let me throw this one thing by you guys that me and Kyle totally switched to. So, you know, obviously I'm new to the smoking and really caring about this kind of stuff. Kyle's always cooked, but it's always been oven-based. But the one thing, so like with all the smoking and grilling, we tried all these different like rubs and seasonings and all that. And we came back to just using SPG. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So salt, pepper, garlic. You know, and it's like, yeah. I tried this and I tried that. The only thing is the lemon pepper. Yeah. And uh, for chicken. that And other than that, I put SPG on everything. I'd say for like ribs, pork ribs, I like a little sugar in there, like some brown sugar or, nah. and some paprika. Yeah. But besides that, like beef or, or anything else, salt, pepper, garlic's good. Even Like I, I made those steaks last night. It was just salt. Yeah. I didn't even put pepper on there because I, I found that like pepper just burns, you know, but just the regular salt. Really? It's just... Burns at like, a certain temperature or any? Well, when you're searing, you know, it, uh, it was probably about five or 600 degrees. I was, but it just burns. You get that like burnt pepper taste. Yeah. You can put pepper on it afterwards. That's fine. But like just the salt, it kind of makes that like salt's not going to burn. It kinda, it's like a, like a crust almost. Yeah. Okay. So my absolute favorite seasonings are, for beef, I should say, anything on the grill, like so burgers, steaks, whatever, I use uh, Lowry's and uh, Montreal Steak Seasoning. Who Montreal is that? Steak Seasoning Phil's is showing awesome. us pictures right now. You want to give him a shout out? He's uh, obviously yeah, having I'm a career sh- day. I'm going to shout him out. And uh, so this is my uh, coworker, Matt. Um, he's out musky fishing right now, and they caught, look at here's a there's two, a double two in the boat wow. at once. Very man. nice. It's um, a union man there, isn't it? He is a union man. Um, That's a good yeah, fish, man. Uh, but as we, I think we talked while we were on a little break. Uh, they are using chubs. Oh, they are using they chubs. Are using this chubs. So, but what has he got? You didn't say anything. Oh, uh, two. They've caught three muskies today. Um, a thirty-six, a thirty-eight. His wife caught, and he caught a forty-seven. So, oh yeah, that's good a good fish, day, man. man. That's a good that's day. A great day. That's we got good weather day. for a cloudy, kind of cold, yeah. kind of you know. I wonder how many pikes they caught in between. And two in the boat at one time. Like to get that uh-huh. picture, that's awesome. Yeah, Dude, we had just at the white bass. We had two on at a time, and it was exciting. I can only imagine two like two real muskies, fish. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, if you guys got anything else to say, you guys got anything else you want to say about cooking? Anything? Any tips? Anything you learned that you just got to say? Anything like that? No, like, I uh, think I think we talked earlier. Like I plan on doing a prime rib for at, at least for christmas this year and then um depending on where it's at like i don't know who's having it or what but uh i'd be happy to smoke a turkey for thanksgiving okay i always like smoking turkeys it's easy we'll be doing a men of the family party huh they'll be doing a men of the family party oh yeah that's coming up too isn't it well we got a plan i have some other ideas that's why i was asking we'll we'll talk off um my goal is to smoke some uh some leg roasts from deer yeah that's a that's a goal of mine and, it, you know, if we don't like it, grind them all up. You know what I mean? But that's I'm point. grinding everything but the bag straps and uh, the tenderloins. I'm so, praying yeah, that you guys are Everything's going. going right through the grinder. Really? Well, like, I just, like, I was just, believe it or not, I'm not this with Brad. Like, I just look at the amount, like, what I eat every week. Just 99% of what I eat is ground. Ground. And it's because it's prepped. I prep it on Sunday. It goes in little containers. It goes in the fridge. And so that's, that's the only reason. If I was one of these guys that was always cooking random different things, trying different recipes, sure, I'd keep. But other, I want to keep the back straps for steaks, and then the rest is going in a burger. Was, it, was that a, a, a direct nod at me? What do you mean? 
I'm always cooking random different things and stir fry. Well, but you're always trying these different things. I don't really have an interest in that. You know, if somebody said, hey, you got to save this piece of the deer for smokings, okay, I'd be interested. But the way my brain works right now, everything's going through the grinder. If it's red, silver skin off, right through the grinder. Pat Jim is giving me a hard time. He's like, he doesn't call what I do meal prep. He calls it making leftovers. So okay. I just. <laughs> so let me give you an idea. Let me just break this down for difference. So I take, I get the ground turkey, ground beef, whatever. And I, I brown it all up and I add either broccoli or whatever I'm going to add to it. And then I take a scooper. I put my little container on a scale, eight ounces. Okay. That's one meal. Eight ounces. That's one meal. That's meal prep. Bill is like, I'm going to cook five chicken breasts and a turkey and then just pick at it through the week. <laughs> and then I'm like, and he says, well, I'm meal prepping. I'm like, well, how much are you eating a day? No, you oh, just. Well, however hungry I am. Uh, like, yeah. You're just <laughs> eating leftovers. No, you just, you meal prep, you make a bunch of chicken breasts and some broccoli and you kind of scoop it. Yep. That looks about right. That looks about, that's meal prepping. No, yeah. that's leftovers. That, I, I that's cooking it. too much food so you can eat it as leftovers. So yeah. No, it's, that's meal prepping. What you're doing is insanity. You eat the same thing every day. Yeah, for several years at a time. But <laughs> but I look at eating as a function of the body. I don't breathe different every day. I don't walk different every day. I don't blink different every day. So why would I eat different every day? It's, it's true. It's a good point. So anything else, Phil? Yeah, hey, why don't you drive? So Phil is a like a master uh, fantasy football guy, and he has his own oh, podcast. Oh, God, what do you want to talk? Oh, drop, drop. Nottingham football podcast. Nottingham? How do you spell that? Uh, oh. N-A-U-G-H-T. Okay, I was wondering if it was Nottingham, but it's nodding, like being naughty. Yeah, and that's a whole different story, but it's Nottingham, (laughs) but it's Nottingham. Nottingham Nottingham football. uh, Weekly podcast. Okay. On Apple, Spotify, all that. You host it. I'm the host. I'm one of three hosts, but yeah, but it's it's my podcast. So if you are a fantasy football guy, which I am not... but I, I ought to listen to one. I, I actually I mean, didn't know the name of that. Honestly, if you're not in our league, which you're not because there's only 12 of us. and What if they can learn something from you, Phil? They won't. What if they can, it's what nonsense. If, <laughs> what if they can take something from your podcast and bring it to their fantasy I football I do want league? you to make me a sponsorship that I could play on my podcast. I will. So. I, will. I, I can send you the intro, too, but I actually yeah, want to redo yeah, our but, intro. But, but no, uh, yeah, it's it's a bunch of nonsense. It's like three guys getting drunk in my garage talking about pod, uh, talking about fantasy football. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's not that's a good idea. And or four guys getting no, and we're not. But, Fun fact: I started a fantasy football league. I haven't looked at it once. Really? Yeah. Were we in fifth week or something? I work yeah. with a, so like I I recently started rotating with this guy that's into this heavily, and I had no idea how. It works. Oh, it's a big thing. I had no idea what went into this. So he's like uh, the other day surprisingly the bears won and there was a guy oh, dj moore he had like 50 points and like he benched which is him nuts he benched him because he's like uh i well, had no faith dumb. in the bears that was dumb there was somebody on the bears he it was benched. dj moore it was dj moore. okay and he's like damn it i had that guy and i benched him because i had no faith in the bears scoring anything that guy's an what idiot. do you have three <laughs> touchdowns <laughs> three touchdowns and like 200 yards receiving yeah. it was a it was a huge day but so I watch I watch, when I watch football, it's usually just to be the guy in the room that is going for the team that nobody else is going for. Yeah, I've picked that up from this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so of course I don't even know who they were playing, but I was rooting for them. Oh, it was the Redskins, but they don't call them that anymore yeah. or something Commanders, else. Commanders. Yeah. Commanders. Yep. And, yeah. So Democrats got them. And the Democrats yeah. got them, right? Pat, they <laughs> they got them the, the woke mob done came for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
All right, so uh, remember we're on Muskie 360 app, and you can email us at contact at weekendwildpodcast.com. Anything else you want to add? No, that's pretty good. Remember, if you guys have a doe problem on your property and want them removed, contact at Weekend Wild Podcast. And we will come remove those for you by a bow and arrow. Yeah, thanks again, Deer Removal Service. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, that'd be a good T-shirt. It's, Deer it's, it's been service. a minute. It's always a pleasure to have you, man. <laughs> oh, we gotta go fishing one of these days. We're gonna do perch fishing again this year, right? Perch fishing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Next year, we got to get a schedule going for the. Dude, I just can't figure out the salmon. Like yeah. everyone tells me, we're way too late. But it was 90 degrees out there. <laughs> we're fishing for. I'm like, how are we late? <laughs> I'm with you. Like I, I just can't figure out. Like we're the, out there in t-shirts. I'm like, how how are they in right now? We're out there in t-shirts with wind blowing in off the lake, and it's like we're hot, and it's you know, it it was just a weird, it was a weird season. Yeah, and we're on a deer, and potentially I'm trying to talk Phil into maybe a late season musky trip up Ooh. to uh, a certain lake. And uh, yeah, does it have water? It has water in Ooh. it, all yeah. the way to I the think bottom. I know which one he's talking about. It's a good start. All right, we're rambling. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.